Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. monitoring COVID hit on holiday cruise ships. British Virgin Islands Premier and Deputy Premier test positive for COVID. Omicron surging, Puerto Rico tightens entry requirements for U.S. travelers, including vaccinated. Pan American Health Organization welcomes international endorsement of first COVID-19 vaccines produced in Latin America. St. Martin Member of Parliament convicted for bribery to 32 months imprisonment and CARICOM profoundly saddened by debt of Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, December 27th. We start a report with a look at the COVID-19 impact on the cruise industry. Bahamanews.net reports that U.S. authorities on Sunday are monitoring dozens of cruise ships hit by COVID-19 cases while sailing in the country's waters, with several of them reportedly denied port in the Caribbean. Over 60 vessels were under observation after reported cases of COVID-19 have met the threshold for CDC investigation, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention said. The Washington Post reported that several cruise liners were denied port at their scheduled destinations. One of them, the Carnival Fascination, was turned away from the Caribbean island of Bonaire, the Post stated. In a statement, Carnival confirmed that a number on board were isolated due to a positive COVID test. The rapid spread of the Omicron variant may shape how some destination authorities with limited medical resources may view even a small number of cases, even when they are being manage with our vigorous protocols, the company said, without providing further details. The Carnival Freedom arrived in Miami, Florida Sunday morning, debarked all guests, and will depart on its next voyage as planned, the company said, adding that if there was any denied entry to a certain port, it will work to find an alternative destination. It added that the CDC was fully informed and supportive of our protocols and operational plans. 55 people tested positive for COVID-19 aboard the Royal Caribbean International Cruise, the company said. The infection spread among passengers and crew members on the Odyssey of the Seas, despite 95% of people on board being vaccinated against the coronavirus, according to Royal Caribbean. The ship did not dock at the Caribbean islands of Curacao and Aruba, the last scheduled stop on its eight-day voyage out of precaution. It returned to the port of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on Sunday. BVINews.net reports that the British Virgin Islands Premier Andrew Foy and Deputy Premier Dr. Natalia Wheatley have tested positive for COVID-19. In a statement released on Christmas Eve, Premier Foy indicated that neither he nor Wheatley were experiencing any adverse effects of the virus at that time. I have also been advised that due to being fully vaccinated and having recently taken the booster shot, this has contributed to my immune system system being in the best possible position to fight off the virus and its possible negative effects, thereby giving me the best chance for a full recovery, Foy explained. 
Premier Boy said health officials had prompted him to get the test because he had come in close contact with someone who had recently tested positive for COVID-19. The leader of the British Virgin Islands government business learned that he was positive late Friday, December 24th. Following the health protocols and in an effort to assist with contact tracing, all my recent contacts were reported to the health officials. My entire family was also tested, but all results received thus far are negative. Due to the aforementioned results, I am following the instruction of the health professionals to isolate for 10 days, Foy said. At this time, I also want to ask for prayers for all of our brothers and sisters in the Virgin Islands who have also recently tested positive. The current number shows that just over 140 persons in the British Virgin Islands are now on active positive lists. Let's pray to God for a speedy recovery for each of us, as the Deputy Premier and I are part of those numbers, the Premier added. News that Premier Foy had tested positive for COVID-19 comes at a time when COVID-19 cases continue to rise in a territory, the vast majority of which are on the mainland island of Tortola. In other related news, Forbes reports that the spread of the Omicron and the rising infection rates are resulting in increased precaution around the world as travel destinations continue to tighten restrictions. The latest comes from the Caribbean, where Puerto Rico is revamping its entry requirements and reinstituting regulations on the restaurant industry in response to a surge of cases. Previously, vaccinated travelers did not need to take a pre-arrival test when traveling to Puerto Rico, but now that safety net will be put back into place. Starting today, Monday, December 27, all passengers arriving on domestic flights are required to show a negative test result taken within 48 hours before arrival time, regardless of vaccination status, according to the new rules. Passengers arriving without a test will have 48 hours to take one upon arrival or be subject to a fine. Unvaccinated travelers must quarantine for seven days after arriving, regardless of whether they have a negative test result. Proof of vaccination and a negative test will be needed to gain entry to mass events, both indoors and outdoors, and proof of vaccination or negative tests will be required to enter any establishment that serves food or drink. As of December 22, 2021, those attending mass events, both indoors and outdoors, taking place at theaters, amphitheaters, coliseums, stadiums, and convention centers, will be required to present proof of vaccination with an FDA or World Health Organization-approved vaccine and also a negative COVID test taken in 48 hours prior to the event. As of December 27, 2021, all establishments serving food and drinks must require proof of vaccination or a negative test taken 48 hours prior to arrival. Families traveling to Puerto Rico will also need to be aware of how the new rules affect young children in terms of their vaccination status. Starting in February 2022, children between the ages of 5 and 11 will need to be vaccinated to attend large events. 
until January 31, 2022, those between 5 and 11 years old will be allowed to attend large indoor events by providing negative COVID-19 test results taken no more than 48 hours prior to the event. Starting February 1, 2022, this age range will be subject to the same guidelines as adults, requiring proof of vaccination and negative test results taken within 48 hours prior to the event upon entry. Puerto Rico remains one of the most vaccinated places in the entire United States, with nearly 80 percent of the population fully vaccinated. Antigua Newsroom reports via CMC News that Belize government has postponed the January 1st reopening of land borders and seaports. A recent government statement stated that based on the formal recommendations of the COVID-19 Advisory Committee, it has agreed that the opening of land borders and seaports should be postponed to February 2022. The delay in opening will allow for the health system to better prepare for the emergence of the Omicron variant, as well as to prepare for the educational system's return to hybrid learning on the 10th of January 2022, the statement read. It said that the Minister of Health and Wellness for Belize will continue to monitor the situation very closely to ensure the integrity of Belize's health system and the welfare of Belizeans. Antigua Newsroom reports that the Pan-American Health Organization welcomed the World Health Organization listing of an AstraZeneca vaccine jointly produced by Argentina and Mexico. It is the first such decision for a COVID-19 vaccine manufactured in Latin America. The vaccine with the international denominations COVID-19 vaccine is jointly manufactured by Argentina's Ambience, which reproduces its active pharmaceutical ingredient and Mexico's Laboratorios Limont, which mixes and finishes the product for distribution. We applaud this news, said Pan American Health Organization Director Carissa F. Ethian. She said that this is an important milestone for Latin America and highlights the importance of technology transfer to increase the availability of quality COVID-19 vaccines in the region. The regional producer of AstraZeneca vaccine is already in use in some Latin America and Caribbean countries, and inclusion in the World Health Organization emergency use listing will facilitate its procurement and distribution through the Pan-American Health organizations revolving fund as well as COVAX, the international mechanism to increase global COVID-19 vaccines access. The approval comes as the pandemic enters its third consecutive year and the region sees a steady climb in COVID-19 cases. In the past week, the Americas reported over 1.1 million new COVID-19 infections, a 6% increase in cases from the previous weeks. Vaccine inequity, however, continues to divide the region, with a handful of countries unlikely to reach the 40% vaccine target by the end of the year. And and many just above 50% threshold of full COVID-19 immunization. Boosting regional capacity to produce vaccine is key to bridging this gap, the Pan-American Health Organization director said, citing the international endorsement as an example of how the region is primed to develop its pharmaceutical manufacturing capacity. If given the opportunity and tools, our region can deliver, she stressed. 
St. Martin's News Network and St. Martin Island Times have reported that St. Martin's independent member of parliament, Claudius Buncamper, has been convicted in the Ruby case that was filed by prosecutor's office. The Ruby investigation was started in July 2018 by the RST investigation team under the authority of the Anti-Corruption Task Force of the Attorney General's Office of Curacao, St. Martin, Bonaire, St. Eustatius, and Saba due to strong indications of structural mismanagement of the landfill which resulted in serious health risks for the community of St. Martin. The suspicions against Claudius Buncamper was focused on corruption during his tenure as head of infrastructure at the Ministry of Public Housing, Spatial Planning, Environment and Infrastructure, and the misuse of public funds for personal purposes. Claudius Buncamper was found guilty of requesting and accepting bribes for a period of 2.5 years in relation to the tendered procedure for management contracts of the landfill on St. Martin. The bribes included lucrative contracts for his wife and son. He was also convicted for forging invoices related to the sewage plant in order for the Ministry of Public Housing, Spatial Planning, Environment and Infrastructure to pay personal expenses for his family and the Lions Club. The longtime civil servant has been sentenced to 32 months imprisonment and has been banned for a period of seven years as a civil servant, while his wife, Maria Buncamper Milanis, has been sentenced to 10 months imprisonment. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that Selwyn Bunny Prasad is the first person from Trinidad and Tobago to sit on the Federation Internationale de Automobile FIA World Council for Automobile Mobility and Tourism. Prasad was elected for a four-year term at the FIA annual general meeting at the FIA headquarters on December 17th in Paris, France. Prasad is also president of the Trinidad and Tobago Automobile Sports Association and has held multiple international portfolios under the FIA, including being honored as a lifetime honorary member to North America, the Caribbean, and Mexico, NANCAM FIA. NAMCAM Sport is one of the zones under FIA, which Trinidad and Tobago falls under. Trinidad and Tobago is also part of Region 3, Mobility, one of four regions of the FIA. Jameer Ali, a member of Trinidad and Tobago's Automobile Sports Association, is excited that Prasad's position on the FIA can boost Trinidad and Tobago in the sports. Ali has lofty goals and is hoping that possibility during the winter months top international racers can visit Trinidad and Tobago to race at Waller Field. Prasad said Trinidad and Tobago must take baby steps towards reaching that goal. A lot of people are excited about it, but for anything to happen in Trinidad, we have to have accommodations for it. We don't have the accommodations right now for anything at a high level, so we need to work on that. Prasad, in discussing what his new role will entail, said, While my heart is really for Trinidad and Tobago, remember we make decisions for the world and every single country in the world. The opportunities that come to the table, now I will know firsthand. He added, we can't go after bigger opportunities now, but there will be opportunities that we could work with. And I'll be right there. I can't really say we could jump into anything big yet. Prasad will be involved in FIA meetings at least every quarter.
BVINews.net reports that the British Virgin Islands Cabinet has reviewed and approved several amendments to the Merchant Shipping Act, and these include stiffer financial penalties for breaches of the act. The executive body approved the increase of maximum statutory fees on offenses cited in the act. This fee increase is being doubled from $5,000 to $10,000. The cabinet has also introduced a fixed penalty fee, unspecified, to be issued immediately at the time of offense. Local enforcement or regulatory agencies involved in the active regulation of the maritime operations in the British Virgin Islands will have the power to levy these penalties. Cabinet has agreed that the director of the Virgin Islands Shipping Registry, Marine Inspectors, Royal Virgin Islands Police Force, and Her Majesty Customs Officers are authorized to issue fixed penalty offenses under the Act, the Cabinet said in a document released on its December 8 decisions. Cabinet further decided that the Premier's office would liaise with the Deputy Governor's office for action on the decision with respect to amendments to the Police Act that allows officers to also administer a breathalyzer test on ship captains. According to the post-Cabinet document, it was also agreed that Section 176 of the Police Act be further amended to authorize Her Majesty Custom Immigration Officers and Officers of the Virgin Islands Shipping Registry to use breathalyzers, the document stated. These proposed changes has now been sent to the Attorney General's chambers for vetting. Once reviewed, it will be resubmitted to Cabinet and further approval before being forwarded to the House of Assembly. BBC reports that Archbishop Desmond Tutu, the Nobel Peace Prize laureate, who helped end apartheid in South Africa, has died at the age of 90. Tutu was one of the country's best-known figures at home and abroad. A contemporary of anti-apartheid icon Nelson Mandela, he was one of the driving forces behind the movement to end the policy of racial segregation and discrimination enforced by the white minority government against the black majority in South Africa from 1948 until 1991. He was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1984 for his role in the struggle to abolish the apartheid system. Tutu Dad comes just weeks after South Africa's last apartheid-era president, F.W. de Klerk, who died at the age of 85. In a statement, the Caribbean community CARICOM said it is profoundly saddened by the death of Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu of South Africa. Archbishop Tutu's strong moral voice was a very significant factor in the successful struggle against the brutal racial policy of apartheid in his homeland. His compassionate leadership of South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission during the sensitive transition period that followed the end of apartheid further elevated his national and global esteem. Archbishop Tutu, a Nobel laureate, will be remembered as an indefatigable fighter for human rights, justice, equality, and the environment, whose unquestioned integrity cements his legacy as a global icon. CARICOM extends its deepest sympathies to the family of Archbishop Tutu and the government and people of South Africa on the loss of one of its greatest sons.
This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, December 27th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta. 